The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Week 5 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I just have a feeling about a matchup. Sometimes betting on my team is just, I got to do it. So if you're betting, going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. With pro and college football, the MLB playoffs in full swing, and both hockey and basketball just around the corner. They've already got preseason games going on for both. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. So if you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit by using promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Throw in 50, you're starting with 100. Throw in 100, now you got two. Visit mybookie.ag today where you play, you win, you get paid. And, uh... Oh, guys. Yeah. Knee-jerk reactions are going to be fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy that uh, this week. It was a roller coaster of a game, and therefore it was a roller coaster of a knee-jerk reaction. This is exactly why. This is a game tailor-made for why I started doing knee-jerk reactions all those years ago. So let's get into it. Let's not waste any time. It's the Week 5 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Oh, what a strange trip it was. Our beloved crossing the pond to take on the Oakland Raiders in the UK at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, Only held 60,000 seats, but have had very much a playoff Super Bowl type atmosphere for the crowd. Everything they do. I mean, just an amazing, amazing situation. Uh, The fans showed up, Americans, the UK fans. It was a very bare crowd there, which you didn't really get to hear until the third quarter when the Bears actually showed up. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week five review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And when we talked to our our good friend Q Myers from Locked On Raiders uh, last week, we both agreed that, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing in the world if the Raiders won the football game. Those London trips can be hanky. Sometimes teams don't show up. Sometimes it's jet lag or, or, or whatever the case may be. One team is just more prepared than the other, and that's exactly what we ran into. I'm sure that uh, we as Bear fans, and I've been on social media and regretting it for the last two days, Sunday and Monday, uh, all kinds of excuses as to why we lost this game. A lot of armchair GMs, no pun intended, uh, out there uh, as to what needs to be done in order to fix the team uh, and everything like that. Some people writing off the season, we're done. Nagy's a bum. Pace is an idiot. Uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun being on social media the last two days, and uh, it, it's it's quite frankly, this is why I think this is why I am not more popular. I t- completely I, this. 
because I won't engage in stuff like this. I can't. I absolutely can't. It's got nothing to do with a superiority complex or anything like that. It's like shouting at the moon. You're just not going to get anywhere with these arguments. You're going to be running in place or, you know, sinking in quicksand, essentially, if you try to get into an argument with somebody who thinks that it's Tyler Bray's chance to be their starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, it's it's like, um, you know, I, was like, I don't like to talk politics, but if, you know, it's like trying to talk one person from one side of the fence to the other. If, if you're if you're on the left side and you're trying to talk conservative over to your side, if you're a righty talking to trying to get somebody uh, get a liberal over to your side, you're you might as well be talking to a brick wall because nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to see it your way and just going to spend the whole conversation screaming at each other like a bunch of idiots. So it just that's what it feels like. That's why I was like, I, that's why I won't engage on social media. I have a feeling I have a feeling I'd be a bit more popular in social media if I had it, Honestly, frankly, guys, it's just not worth it to me. It really isn't. It really isn't because most of the people that I want to engage with are not using things like common sense, logic and reality in order to make some of their arguments. And it's it's frustrating just reading it. I can only imagine what it would be like to get into a, an argument with one of these people. So anyway, there was a tangent to get the show started, <laughs> but you know, our, our beloved Chicago bears, they went out there. I didn't think, I don't, I hope nobody else did think this was just going to be a, a breezy game for the bears to win and dominate and run the Raiders off the field uh, or anything like that. The, the Raiders are doing good work over there. Gruden and, and Mayock have been trying to rebuild this football team. They had mixed results up to this point, but they're hot off a win on the road against a very good Colts team who just reemphasized that by beating the Chiefs in Kansas City uh, last night. So the Raiders are no joke. I mean, they may not be championship ready right now, but they weren't the same team that they were a year ago where they took their lumps and went 4-12 and and they were embarrassment uh, on the field. They've, they've made their improvements. They went out and got a bunch of guys to try to help them and they're a three and two football team uh, after yesterday's victory over the uh, over the Bears so I didn't think we'd come out and steamroll them or anything like that uh, but I certainly did not think the Raiders would come into the into the football game and hand us our ass for the first half I mean you wait till you hear the second quarter knee-jerk reaction I mean i you, for anybody who follows me on Twitter, you saw my declaration at halftime and how I felt. There was a condensed version of this second quarter knee-jerk reaction that you're going to hear. I was livid after the second quarter. I could, I, and I'll, I said it during the knee-jerk reaction, I'll say it now. If it was not for this show, I would have bailed on the game. There's just no way I was going to make myself sit through that. That's how bad that second quarter was. That's how bad the first or the first half in general was. That's how bad it was. Anyone who watched the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, that's how bad it was. I just wanted to bail. You know, it was very much in the same vein of if you guys remember back in 2013, week 16 Sunday night football against the Eagles. If we win this game, we clinch the division. We're going to the playoffs and we lost like 51 to 13. Like we we never got off the bus in Philly. The Eagles just fed us our lunch all day long and just smoked us. And of course, we go week seventeen. We lose to Green Bay at home. Thank you very much, Chris Conte, you rat bastard. And the season is over. So uh, it was one of those games. Or uh, in twenty fourteen, when we lost fifty five to ten or whatever to Green Bay on Sunday Night Football, coming off of a bye. 
You know, it's it's one of those embarrassing games. That's how bad the first half was. That's how bad the second quarter was. You know, and you can hear in my first quarter knee jerk reaction. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. It's a zero zero ball game after one quarter, but our offense is not looking good. Our offensive line is back to its old tricks as far as, you know, what they, they've been alternating between. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Weeks on whether or not they're going to be able to pass rush for the quarterback, and this was one of their weeks where they decided not to. So Jace Daniel is under fire and... All that kind of stuff. It was just an absolute disaster. And the, the worst part of it is that the worst was yet to come, even after a horrible first quarter. Knee-jerk reaction, the Bears and the Raiders after the first quarter. And um, eh, I'm not happy with it at all. Um, the Raiders had the ball twice in the quarter. They moved the football down the field. They're gashing us uh, in the run. So... I don't know. Maybe the Bears are a little petered out because of the late arrival in the UK or, or whatever the case is. Or maybe just, you know, this is just a matchup and the Raiders are, are, are a good fit for us. I don't know. Because we're, we're basically being dominated right now. Um, our only offensive drive of the game in the first quarter was hindered by penalties. Holding penalty by Leno. False. St- they called a false start on Chase Daniel for the clap thing that quarterbacks do in the shotgun. They called him on that. And, you know, the, the Bears didn't didn't move the football and had to punt it. Uh, Akeem Hicks, who started today, come back for the, from the knee injury, leaves almost immediately with a gruesome-looking elbow injury. It's a dislocated elbow. Right now they're saying he's questionable to come back uh, in the game, which is, I guess, a highly optimistic view of the injury itself. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, on him, uh, I think I saw Roy Robertson Harris limping off the field after a run play before. But like I said, the Bears are getting beat up up front right now. The Raiders are running the football against us like no one else has up to this point. And penalties kept us from hanging on to the football to be able to get anything going uh, on offense. 
The good news is it's 0-0 right now, but the Raiders are, I think, inside the red zone at the moment, and they have control of the football game, and I'm not liking it. A couple of things there. Number one, it was actually Aaron Lynch that was limping off the field, not Roy Robertson-Harris, and as we all know, Akeem Hicks did not come back uh, into the ball game. Side note, knee-jerk reactions sound a little bit different. I actually spent a little money and got a brand-new recorder and i haven't really quite figured out how to use it yet as far as like the mic the mic built in to the recorder is way better than any that i could plug into it and i still haven't figured out how to get the mic sensitivity just right yet so the knee-jerk reactions i don't think sound very good this week but i'm tweaking it i'll figure it out so it'll sound better for next week and going forward i know you guys don't care but i just feel like mentioning stuff like that i don't know I'm an all-inclusive kind of guy. I keep no secrets from you, so be happy with that. But you heard me mention there, we're being dominated up front, and this was just the tip of the iceberg for how the game itself was going to go throughout. Um, you know, Little did I know that the worst was coming in the second quarter and that it would get progressively worse. We would start, you know, as, as opposed to us shooting ourselves in the foot like we did with our only offensive drive in the first quarter, it would get much worse in the second. We started turning the football over, giving the, the Raiders good field position, so on and so forth uh, in the second quarter. But we were being pushed around uh, on the offensive, uh, on the defensive front. You know, Eddie, Eddie Goldman was getting I, – I read somewhere that Eddie Goldman was getting cut block, so he would start to – he would – I guess he was starting to, I don't know, like ease off the line of scrimmage to like, like almost dodge the cut block, which was then giving up ground that was making it easier for the Raiders to, you know, get penetration uh, at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage. And, uh, um, you know, it was both – I mean, this was the first time that you could tell – that we missed a guy like Akeem Hicks and and Bilal Nichols, who who missed another game with that broken hand uh, of his. So I mean, it was a it became apparent very early on that we did miss those guys. I mean, it it's a stark stark contrast from what we did a week ago against a team that was rated much higher and um, you know ran all over the Raiders just the week before. You know, our last two opponents played each other two weeks ago. The the Vikings and the Raiders played each other before they before we played the Vikings uh, last week. So, you know, the Bears have actually been studying the Vikings for two weeks now, which pisses me off even more now that I think about it. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it was frustrating to watch us get dominated like that. It had been a long time, you know, a, a couple of years at least, since we watched our Bears get kicked around because even when we were a lousy football team at 3-13 and 5-11 and, and 11, the last two years under Fox uh, with Fangio and, and the defense we were building, we didn't get pushed around like that. We gave up the big plays, but we didn't get, we didn't get you know, I, I, I failed to be able to think of a better term than pushed around. We were bullied, essentially, by the Raiders. And uh, apparently they have a very underrated uh, offensive line. We know that Houston, the center, is an all-pro. Colton Miller, the left tackle, right tackle, right tackle, left. It doesn't matter. The one of the, the he was he had a hand in kicking our ass yesterday. Is it was their top pick uh, last year? They got another first rounder in Josh Jacobs, who we got to know very well uh, yesterday. They got and Rinchy Incognito for the scumbag that he is and has been for all his years. He is also uh, a Pro Bowl uh, guard uh, as well. The guy's a damn good football player when he's not being a total prick. So. You know, because I know everybody saw him shove Buster Screen's face into the turf. Thankfully, the referees saw it too. 
so it cost the Raiders as well. But, uh, you know, they're stout up front. I guess it was the, the foundation of what they built this, uh, this offense on, and they used it to full force against the Bears uh, on Sunday. I remember tweeting that uh, it, it basically looked like the, the Raiders were – or the, the Bears were over-pursuing because the, the, the Raiders did a lot of stuff where they would just – where they kind of like student body left – and then it would kind of like open up just to try to see like the, the blockers just get out there and get on a body, almost like a zone blocking thing. And then it's up to the, to the running back to cut back and find a lane to run into. And more times than not, whenever they did, it was five, six, seven, eight yards into the defense before somebody even touched the running back. So, I mean, they were finding the lanes. They were opening things up. They basically spread us out in the run game, which I've never really seen done that effectively uh, before, but it was very impressive to watch. As a football fan, it was very impressive to watch. As a Bear fan, it made me want to eat a gun. But um, like I said, you thought the first quarter was bad. The second quarter was hell on earth. And even in that short 15 minutes that the second quarter is, I went from being annoyed at the end of the first quarter to done at the end of the second. Knee jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Raiders. And if it looked bad in the first quarter, it was a nightmare in the second. Uh, the Bears, a, a defense that maybe averages about 60 something, 70 yards rushing per game, have given up over 100 in the first half alone, including two rushing touchdowns one to Josh Jacobs and one to their uh, backup back. I don't know. I don't remember which one it was, but. Um, you know, they finished a 10-play, 90-yard drive with a 12-yard touchdown run by Jacobs where it just it simply just looked like the Bears were over-pursuing on defense. Like everybody's flooding over to, to one side of the field because we're setting the edge and forcing the running back to run back to the inside, which is what you want because that's where everybody is. Everybody's in the middle of the field. However, when the back eventually makes the cut to the inside – we're still like we're we're the momentum just carries us right across his face and there's almost nobody there to make the tackle and and then finally somebody does that's been happening all over the place in the run game for the raiders i don't know if it's the jet lag thing because the bears didn't arrive until friday or Whatever whatever the case may be, like I said, in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, maybe this is just a matchup thing and the Bears just do not match up well uh, against the Raiders. Or, uh, you know, Gruden is a very smart coach and he just figured out a way to crack the code when it comes to the, to the Bear defense. Or, again, it's football. It just could be a bad day for us at the office. I mean... I mean, this spoken truly by the fact that after the Raiders scored the touchdown, the Bears come out with the football. Chase Daniels throws as as easy an interception as I've seen in some time. He literally threw it to the defender as if he didn't know the guy was there. So some may think that it was the fact that he couldn't see over the offensive line and didn't see the linebacker standing there. Whatever the case is, he threw it right to the guy, gave the Raiders the football inside the 20-yard line, a few plays later, they punch it in uh, for the uh, for the touchdown to go up 14-0. They add another field goal just before the half. We're just terrible. Like the, the offensive line is back to the fact that it can't pass or 
run block. Usually it's just having issues run blocking and the quarterback has time to throw the ball. That is not the case today. Chase Daniel has no time to throw. We can't find lanes for our running backs to run the football in. We got nothing going on offense at all, at all on the offensive side uh, of the of the ball today. I mean, we're just getting our asses kicked. And if not for the fact that I do a podcast on this game, I would stop watching because I, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's clear to me. It is clear to me. And I don't want to hear anything about ye of little faith or any of that bullshit we're going to lose this game. We are absolutely going to lose this game. Nothing that we've done today says we're coming back. Nothing that we've done this season says we're going to be able to rattle off 21 points and shut down this Raider defense in the second half. I will be beyond thrilled. I will be happy to sit here and, and say how wrong I was at the end of the game if that's what happens. I just don't see it. We don't have it today. It's not our day. The Raiders are the better team. We're getting our asses kicked. It's 17 to nothing. We do start with the ball, so maybe. I don't know, but I don't think so. This game is over. The Bears are going to lose. You know, usually I'm a bit more even-tempered, even when things are going bad. But it's just it just seemed like there was no answer to what we could do. There was no solution to it. You know, it just appeared to not be our day nothing was going right the whole Daniel interception where he threw it right to the guy uh but essentially threw it into triple coverage I mean I didn't really even see who his intended receiver was it looked like from the from the opposite angle where the where the play is coming at you uh, I think it was Allen Robinson that he intended to throw it to when you're looking at it from the end zone uh you know where the play is going away from you I thought it was Trey Burton he might be going for, but he looked covered to me. I really have no idea who he was trying to throw it to the first time. And it's it's very possible that the, his line of sight was blocked by the offensive lineman in front of him, like the the um, the linebacker was kind of hidden uh, behind, that, uh, behind those guys. But uh, nonetheless, when he threw the ball, it basically looked like he was just like, here, here you go. And, of course, they were inside the red zone, and the Raiders just used that run game to punch it down our throats. Uh, again, uh, it's like 14, 14 nothing, and uh, you know we couldn't sustain a drive. We couldn't put anything together. Uh, you know, nothing we were doing was working. Uh, the offensive line, I said, was uh, you know back to not pass blocking or run blocking. The run blocking is a real, real problem for us. And I'll I'll have some thoughts after uh, the knee jerk reactions and such on on the offensive line and what we need to do. I'll get to that in just a moment. And we're going to have Lauren Cox on the show uh, later this week to kind of do our annual bye week uh, review of uh, the first five games. Lauren and I will break it down and uh, share our theories about what's wrong and what needs to be fixed, the changes that need to be made. I'm sure Lauren and I both have some differing opinions or some different ideas on what needs to be done uh, there. But, um, you know, obviously the run, running game has been a problem forever. We talked about it with Q. Uh, we've, you know, and I've talked about it many, many times myself, but especially this week, I thought we'd be able to run the game, run the ball a bit better this week against the Raiders with the, with Vontez perfect being out and him kind of being their general, as far as the run game, uh, is concerned and all that kind of stuff. I thought we had a real shot. I, I, I thought we had a shot of getting the, getting the ball past the line of scrimmage, which is, I think where David Montgomery eats. I think once we get him to the second level, Montgomery will be a monster for us then he'll be like josh jacobs averaging five plus yards 
uh, a carry when he's out there. But instead, we can't get him past the line of scrimmage, and all of his fighting and, and scratching and clawing is doing nothing but getting him a yard, maybe two, or something like that. Or he can spin and, and reach the ball out to get a third yard. It's like, wow, what an effort to get nine feet. That's fantastic. So we got to do something uh, about that. But we're getting manhandled up front, uh, you know, like we have each and every week. And now we're getting manhandled up front in the passing game. And what's been really funny about it is I know Green Bay is an improved pass rush. The Smiths that they brought in, that they spent the free agent money on, have been working out. I mean, hell, they just got done beating up the Cowboys uh, yesterday. But week two against the Broncos, we shut down Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Week three against a bunch of nobodies in Washington, all of a sudden we're getting smacked around in the pass rush again. Week four, Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, two of the best in the NFC, two of the best in the NFL, no problem. Chase Daniels upright, no rush. He's got all day to throw the football. But then again, Cleland Farrell, their best pass rusher, their top draft choice, he's out. Uh, you know, there's no one really else of note as far as nation or league-wide uh, recognition uh, is concerned. But we can't block to save our lives. Chase is under pressure, quarterback hits and, and you know, hurries and the whole nine yards we're back to not being able to block again. So apparently odd-numbered weeks are bad for us, which doesn't bode well for the Saints game since our next game is week seven and not week six. So we'll have to wait and see uh, on that one. But, uh, you know, it's it's just it's maddening to sit there and, and watch that. And, um, you know, it, uh, that's it's the reason why our offense is bad. It's the reason why we can't get anything going. It's the reason why Mitch hasn't been able to get anything going. It's the reason why Nagy hasn't been able to call the offense that he wants to. It's the offensive line. It is the offensive line. So, uh, you know, after watching that and then watching our defense finally have its first off day of the season, knowing that the offense doesn't have it in them to pick up the slack and help us out, I was like, I'm done. I was like, I, I don't want to watch this. We're being embarrassed out there. It's one thing to have a bad day. It's one thing to have a bad day, kind of like we did we, uh, against, you know, against Green Bay. It's kind of, you know, to have a bad day, but it wasn't embarrassing out there. It just wasn't going our way. That's all. I can sit and I can watch that. I can watch with some hope and hope that things turn around or, you know, be optimistic about there's still a second half of football to play. Nothing that we did in the first half said that the third quarter was even remotely possible. Okay, it didn't even it didn't even factor into my mind that it was possible with the way everything was going uh, you know, the whole nine yards. I just did not think it was possible. Oh, how wrong I was. The third quarter happens. Miracles take place. The defense starts making plays. We get a few balls to bounce our way. And the next thing you know, 15, 15 minutes after saying that I'm done, if not for the podcast, I'm out, to all of a sudden, we got a lead to protect going into the fourth quarter. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter. The Bears and Raiders and talk about a tale of two halves. I mean, we could not have played any worse in the first half than we did. We played so poorly, I lost all faith in our ability to make this even look like a football game. All right? I, 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 I bailed, and I said... If it wasn't for the podcast, I'd just stop watching the game because I don't want to watch the what's left of this. If, if it's going to be more of this, count me out. Well, 
Thank God for the podcast because I stuck around. And it all started on the first offensive drive for the Raiders because we started with the football. And after a pathetic three and out where we just gave the ball right back to Oakland, uh, the Raiders pulled a Raider-ish move. Uh, Derek Carr audibled at the line of scrimmage. And what Josh Jacob? it looked like Josh Jacobs was expecting a handoff. And um, Derek Carr pitched it. And then it just became a free-for-all. Every man for himself. The Bears recovered deep in Raiders territory. A few plays later, David Montgomery punches it in to make it 17-7. to The Bears get the ball back at their own 10-yard line. So after we stopped, we finally stopped the Raiders with a great tackle on Deion Bush on 3rd and 11. We stopped the guy short about 2 yards. He was, he was going to get the first down. Deion Bush with an ankle tackle wrapped him up. Brought him down about two yards short. The Bears start with the ball at their own 11-yard line, and they proceed to go on a 10-play, 89-yard drive capped off by a touchdown catch from Allen Robinson. And just like that, it's a ball game, 17-14. to But wait, there's more. We stop the Raiders again, then Tariq Cohen, 71-yard punt return, damn near scored a touchdown. The Bears, a couple of plays later, another Allen Robinson touchdown, and just like that it went from this is the most pathetic performance i've ever seen we're getting our asses kicked by the raiders there's no way we're gonna win this football game nothing we did in the first half says we're going to win this game to we're up 21 to 17 going into the fourth quarter here now the raiders have the football they are deep in bears territory so this game is not over yet but what looked like an embarrassing disaster is a football game. So can we protect the lead? Can we keep the Raiders out of the end zone? Can we win this game? It's actually a legitimate question now. Before it was a pathetic mistake. Now the Bears are in it. They have the lead. And let's see if they can protect it. Spoiler alert. No, they can't. And they didn't. I mean, we almost blew it pretty much after I recorded those those comments. The Raiders ran the football down our throat again. And were literally inches away from scoring their scoring the touchdown that would have made it 24 to 21 with a good chunk of the fourth quarter left to go if not for Sherrick McManus the longest tenured bear on the team peanut punching the ball out of the receiver's hands they did a like a reverse or a jet sweep or something like that to the receiver and he was basically going to walk right in and Sherrick McManus who was being blocked at the time took his one free hand and just like just he learned it from the man himself this is one of the few people that was still on the team when peanut was still on the team punches the ball right out of his hands prince of mukamura johnny on the spot recovers the ball at the at the one yard line crisis averted bears protect the lead ball goes to the offense kind of thing and that's how the fourth quarter kind of started as far as like with all the good fortune we had in the third now things are starting to bounce our way again in the fourth making that critical play at the absolute most critical second i mean if mcmanus waits another half second he's in the end zone and it doesn't matter if he punches it out or anything uh you know like that and we are starting to get things like that to go our way the penalties are starting to go against the raiders and then all of a sudden it flipped our offense was not as effective as it had been uh in the third quarter and we looked damn good on that 89 yard uh, drive you know we we drove the length of the field uh, you know we hadn't I don't think we've done that all season to put together a drive 
like that to go 90 something yards to, to to be able to score a touchdown and finish it off the way that we did Allen robinson scores his first two uh touchdown passes uh, of the year uh in in the third quarter um you know and then like you know Tariq cohen 71 yards straight down the sideline that speedy little bastard almost ran it in for a touchdown uh, you know, it was just crazy. It's like, man, this thing is turning around. Like, God damn, this is why I love this team. <laughs> this is why I love Coach Nagy, man, because ever since he came along, we fight to the end. And I don't know what he said during the halftime, but that must have been one hell of a speech. And I heard that Nagy did go into that locker room and kick those guys in the ass uh, at halftime, and it came out and it showed. Not by the offense in that first drive, because the, the offense on the first drive just like, Oh Christ! This is not going to get any better, is it? It's like that's that's how it looked. That's how bad we were on that first drive. But it all changed after that uh, that miscommunication between Jacobs and Derek Carr, where it looked like uh, Jacobs was expecting the handoff and Carr gave him a pitch. Instead, the ball goes shooting right past him. We were able to to fall on it and, and capitalize uh, in, in in that scenario. But in in the fourth quarter, it it in number one. It, it in the very like the, it was talk about a tale of two halves like i said at the beginning of the third quarter the whole game was encapsulated in the fourth in the first half of the fourth quarter all the breaks were going the bears way but we weren't able to as usual on offense close the deal or put any distance between us that would have you know put the game away secured a victory what have you we weren't able to do that and then in the second half of the fourth quarter the fortune changed and went back to everything coming up Raiders from the running in the kicker penalty. We'll talk about that uh, in a moment. And the penalty starting to go against the Bears again uh, uh, kind of thing. So it just uh, and, and it also went back to the Raiders going back to what worked in the first half. And they put another 90 something yard drive together to put the winning touchdown on the board. The Bears were not able to polish it off. In the fourth quarter, we lose the game 24 uh, to 21. So, I mean, another bad interception uh, from Daniel at the end of the football game. It it depends on who you talk to or, you know, Daniel says it's on him. Uh, Nagy kind of put it on both of them. He actually put it on both of them when he did his uh, his Monday morning press conference. He said that, uh, you know, a Anthony Miller cut off his route, but. Chase Daniel shouldn't have been throwing it to Miller in the first place. He should have been taking the check down, uh, check down route and, you know, getting some yardage and living to fight another day. And instead he, he went for the big play to Miller who cut off his route. Like he, when he shouldn't, when he shouldn't have. And it, instead it looks like, it looked like, uh, you know, Daniel threw a jump ball to three, three Raiders in the back of the, in the back of the defense there. Cause it was just whoever's catching it. Cause it's, it's a wide open, throw to no one in particular at least no one in a bear uniform was anywhere close to it so um you know he's like if if in that particular throw uh you know anthony miller should not have cut off his route at the very least he should have been there to try to defend the play but instead he cut off his route and he shouldn't have done that and daniel made the throw he shouldn't have made he should have gone to the check down so Nagy put it on both of them daniel puts it on himself i didn't have a chance to hear how anthony miller assessed the situation but uh you know, nonetheless, that was basically it. That happened with about a buck ten to go uh, in the ball game. We still had two timeouts and we got the ball back, but we didn't. We weren't able to do anything. We got backed up like inside our own fifteen yard line after the punt, and uh, you know the offense showed itself once again. And we got sacked to close out the game, which I thought was a nice touch. So anyway, we fall short 
Here's a fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. Buckle in. Got lots to talk about here. It's uh, it's going to go on for a bit. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Raiders fourth quarter. And, uh, well, the other, the other two quarters kind of came back in the fourth quarter. The Raiders found their footing again on offense, were able to uh, – withstand some things that went against them actually in the fourth quarter uh it looked like they were going to take the lead much earlier in the fourth quarter actually finishing off that drive that had ended in the third quarter but Sherrod McManus an amazing play at the goal line peanut punched the ball out the Bears recover at the goal line and it looked like the like it was coming up all Bears at that point we we were starting to get every call was going our way we had just an amazing catch on like third and six or third and eight or whatever it was from Daniel to Robinson, a crazy 32-yard catch that looked so improbable when it happened in real time that Gruden threw the review flag halfway across the field to, um, to, to ask for a replay. Like he was challenging that play no matter what. Like before they were even showing replays, Gruden was challenging it. That's how improbable the play looked. But Robinson made the catch. Did the toe-tap thing, got both feet down. An amazing job uh, on his part. But um, nonetheless, that was pretty much the end of the highlights uh, for the Bears. And in the end, we shot ourselves in the foot because at the end of that drive, on the Allenson Robinson catch drive, we were able to pin the Raiders deep in their own territory. We had them fourth and six, and they punt the ball away, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis rolls into the kicker he gets called for running into the kicker it's fourth and one the Raiders go for it and initially it looked like the Raiders fumbled it and the Bears recovered it with about five and a half minutes to left it probably would have been the end of the ball game but instead he was ruled down by contact which was true he it was the elbow hitting the ground that caused the fumble and the Raiders therefore finished off the drive with a touchdown from Josh Jacobs and that was it the Bears had no answer and yeah so at least they made a football game out of it. The first half was pathetic. The third quarter was awesome. The fourth quarter was okay. But in the end, it wasn't enough to win this game. Uh, we, we, we dug ourselves too much of a hole in the first half to be able to withstand it. And the Raiders were just better than us today. They absolutely murdered us up front. And those the last two drives of the game were were paramount of, of were proof of that because 97 yards they were just banging it down the field we were missing tackles we weren't wrapping up and, and things like that we were getting blown up on the line of scrimmage and then on the on the last drive where the bears tried their last ditch effort we finish off the game by getting getting sacked on the final play so you know we just got beat up up front both the offensive and defensive lines didn't do it and this is just this is just an indication of how much we need the offense to prove because every now improve I should say because every now and then the defense is going to have a game like this where the opponent has an excellent game plan and they're able to execute it and we're just going to have to have one of those games where the offense scores a few more points than than they've needed to in the past. So in the last 3 games, you know, I know we scored 31 against the Redskins but you know, 16 points was good enough to win two of those three games. And then the quote-unquote explosion against the Redskins on Monday night. Every now and then, you're going to need a 30-point game 
to overcome the defense having a so-so day. So, I mean, we started to bottle the Raiders up in the second half. It was a much more manageable half, but it was that first half, and the offense did nothing. So that's why the offense needs to improve. We really need to look inward at ourselves during this bye week and find out, find out where our offense is. You know, whether it's, you know, making changes in the offensive line, changing up the blocking schemes, I don't know. But something needs to be done on the offense because the, the defense was an absolute machine for the first four games. They were unstoppable in the first four games. They ran into their kryptonite today. Whatever it was that Gruden and the Raiders figured out as far as how being able to run the ball against the best run defense in football and so on. We're going to need the offense to step up, and we got big games coming up. We got New Orleans, the Chargers, and the Eagles coming after the bye. And if we play even an inkling like this, it's going to be a long second half to the year. So there you have it. Our beloved dropped the game 24-21 to to the Raiders. Um, we were able to overcome the, our first half mistakes and make it a ball game in the second half, but in the end, uh, we weren't able to stop the Raiders when we when we really needed to uh, in the fourth quarter to protect the lead, and uh, they were able to wear us down, put the the, the game winning touchdown in, on the board, uh, and our offense wasn't able to answer. I mean, just like you heard me say, uh, this is just kind of like a microcosm of why we need the offense to play much better than it has to have some semblance of consistency to put a run game uh, together. Uh, for the offense so that we can hang on uh, to the football. I mean, the Raiders absolutely dominated time of possession in the first half. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were. I didn't think to check, but I just we had one drive in the first quarter and maybe two in, in the second when the Raiders were pounding it down our throats uh, uh, and everything. And it's just, you know, I know that it, at some point it was like 20 minutes to four or something like that. I mean, with the Raiders running the football, the clock is running uh, the whole time. And that's just going to wear the defense out. And we empty the defense's tank early so that they had nothing left at the most critical point uh, in the football game. So, you know, we need to do something because, like I said in the, in the reaction, every now and then the defense is going to have a game like this. Remember last year? Uh, when we when we had that game against the Dolphins, at least the offense was up to the task, and they put 30 points on the board, 31 or whatever it was. Was it 31 to 28, the final score there? But still, you know, we, we had a terrible first half, and it was only 10 nothing at the end of that uh, half, and we came out in the second half and, and scored. I mean, this is literally like a mirror image of the football game, except this one went to, you know, the the Miami game went to overtime. This one was... They came out, they put 10, 10 on us, they dominated us in the first half, ran against us like no one else had, and then we came back and bang, 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 21 points on the board, and then our tackling issues and the heat and humidity uh, wore us down in the second half, and uh, it became a, a ball game when it shouldn't have uh, kind of thing. So we were able to overcome the team that were better than on paper, only they had a little bit more left in their tank than we did and were able to outlast us, essentially. So, you know, I don't think jet lag uh, was an issue. I think the third quarter was was paramount to that. I just think that we were worn out at the end because our defense played a hell of a lot more than our offense did. And even after 
we held on to the football, for, I would say, for the majority of the third quarter and were, were decent with it in the fourth quarter. The Raiders' time of possession was still – they still had a nine-minute advantage in time of possession even after uh, that. I mean, that's – I mean, it, it re- I really should have gone and looked to see what it was after the second quarter because I'm sure that it would have been somewhere – like I think we may have still been in single digits as far as time of possession. I don't think we had more than 10 minutes time of possession uh, in the first half. So it was probably 20-something to, you know, 7 or 8 or 8 or 9 or something uh, like that. You know, for them to have a 12, 13-minute time of possession advantage going into the half and to finish the game with still a 9-plus minute uh, advantage uh, afterwards. So, you know, kudos to the Raiders, man. They really did an outstanding job. They really did put a game plan together to offset the dominance of our defense. And knowing that if they could win that battle, that beating our offense wasn't going to be that difficult because pretty much every team that we played this year has been able to shut us down. I know we put 31 points up against the Redskins, but we owe a lot of those points to the defense. You know, seven, in fact, were scored. Uh, by the defense and uh, you know other points were set up by the defense and the various turnovers that they were able to grant us uh, in that football game so you know but real quick the Kevin Pierre Lewis uh, blocked punt or punt block attempt I should say um, it, it's a bogus call I think it was a little ticky tack uh, and it ended up essentially costing the Bears uh, the game. Uh, we we thought we we caught one final break on the fourth and one play. Um, the the they, the Raiders went with the fake punt. Um, they were able to get the yardage just because they beat us up up front all day long. So getting a yard was no problem for them all day long. But we thought that we caused the fumble. Buster Screen recovers it in what would have been field goal range for us. Uh, at the very least, but um, instead it was a legit elbow caused the fumble when it hit the ground type thing, so the Raiders keep the ball. The previous play with the Kevin Pierre-Lewis thing, it, it, it did look like he was trying to go for the for the block, but if you go back and you look at it, it also looks like he was pushed um, into, the, into the kicker and the punter, but also... He didn't like roll into the punter. He kind of like landed at the punter's feet, and then the punter kind of like fell on top of him, uh, essentially. So it, it was a bogus call. I, I, I think it was a bogus call, and it just it was like one of those things. Like I said earlier, where the first half of the fourth quarter, all the calls seemed to be going for us, and the second half of the fourth quarter, they started going against us, and the you know the breaks and the calls all at the same time. That was one of them. That was a bad call. And I know I'm biased as a Bears fan to think so. But if you go and you look at it, usually when you see those plays, there is contact made. Like he actually runs into the kicker, rolls into the kicker. His momentum can't stop him from making contact. That's not what happened here. You know, the punter was able to get the kickoff. He, you know, landed on the ground. And then it's like Pierre Lewis was kind of like underneath him. And rather than step on Lewis, he basically just fell backwards on top of him. He didn't run into the kicker. It was a bad call. And that ended up being the catalyst to to springboard the Raiders into the final drive that put the game-winning touchdown 
uh, on the board. You know, if the if that call doesn't get made or if the fourth and one thing goes goes our way with the fumble uh, and everything, there's five and a half minutes left in the game. Uh, the Bears would have gone up, you know, a touchdown uh, at the very least. And, you know, uh, Panero was was good again yesterday with his extra points uh, and everything. It, it changed the game. It absolutely changed the game, put all the momentum uh, back in the Raiders' favor. And uh, like I said, our defense had nothing left uh, at the end. Uh, they were gassed, missing tackles. It looked like the Miami game all over again uh, with the way we were missing tackles. And all of a sudden, the second and third uh, receiving options, you know, Waller, the tight end, was was killing us in the first half. But then it becomes Morrow, their second tight end, that's doing damage on that final drive. And, and uh, you know, Hunter Renfro, one of their number three, number four receivers, makes Kyle Fuller miss and he if Kyle Fuller makes the tackle then you know I I think it might have been third down or fourth down or whatever uh it was instead he misses the tackle it ends up being like a 13 14 yard gain they move the chains the clock keeps rolling uh kind of thing so we fell apart on that last drive and the Raiders put it on the board they did what they needed to do and got the win and then our offense was unable to uh respond so on the ensuing drive after the touchdown, that's when the Daniel interception took place, and you, we've already gone over how that whole thing went down. But that was it. You know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, what are you going to do kind of thing. We, we, we found some life in the third quarter and in the second half there. Uh, we made it into a ball game when it just looked like it was going to be one of those wacky uh, UK blowouts where one team was more prepared or – a better matchup, whatever you want to call it, uh, than the other one was. And the Bears flexed their muscles in the third quarter and showed who they were, creating opportunities, uh, special teams, offense. It was a complete team effort in the third quarter. You know, we got a turnover from the defense. They were shutting down the Raiders and, and capping off drives. Uh, they weren't getting first downs and things like that. The offense had a 90-yard drive together, and then Tariq Cohen caps it all off with that 71-yard punt return. All three phases got us that lead in the third quarter. None of them were able to save us uh, in the fourth. So the Bears drop that one to the Raiders, 24-21. to We fall to 3-2. and the ident- and It's pretty much a mirror of the first five games last year. We got the, the heartbreaking loss week one to Green Bay. We um, struggle but manage to overcome an inferior team week two, or in our case, week three. Um, the, the, the Monday night games flopped, flip-flopped uh, this year. But um, we struggle with an inferior team. In the, the Last year it was Arizona. This year it was Denver. We beat up on a good team. Last year it was Seattle. This year it was Minnesota. And then we had a letdown in our fifth game of the season. Last year it was Miami. This year it was Oakland. Now, Oakland is a much better team than the Miami team we faced a year ago, but we are still a much better team than the Raiders, and we should have handled them. We should have beat them, plain and simple. But going into the game, we should have won. We were the better team. We should have won the game. I'm not saying that we should have won yesterday based on our performance or anything like that. I'm saying that going into the game, we were the better team, and we should have won. Same thing with Miami. Miami had a better day than us uh, this time last year. Same thing with the Raiders this past Sunday. Yesterday was their day. They were better than us in pretty much any phase of the football game. They deserved to win, and they did. So 
but it was another letdown uh, from us. We're three and two. We got the bye week now. Some changes need to be made. Hopefully they do get made. Hopefully it's just not something that we're sitting here, uh, you know, talking to ourselves for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully there are some changes, whether it's in how we're running the offense, who's running the offense uh, on the field, what have you. We need to figure it out. Hopefully we get some some guys back healthy. Hopefully the didn't hear anything about the elbow injury from Akeem Hicks today and how severe that is, how long he might be out. But we got two weeks for Mitch to get healthy. We got two weeks for Bilal Nichols to finally uh, come back. Taylor Gabriel should be good to go by the time we're playing the Saints uh, in a couple of weeks. A lot of guys are going to be coming back healthy off of the bye. We'll finally be a whole and healthy football team probably for the first time since week one. Uh, if we can get everybody back. So, um, yeah, so hopefully that's what happens. But uh, that's it. There's your recap of the Week 5 matchup between our Bears and the Oakland Raiders. What do you say we go ahead and move on to some uh, news and notes? And then finally, bear up and bear down. Remember, guys, it's promo code SHARE to double your first deposit at mybookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, where you play, you win, you get paid. And um, got some some notes here. You know, I, I kind of keep tab. It's one of the things that I, why I wait the 24 hours from the, the end of the game until recording the um, review episode uh, it's why I do the knee-jerk reaction so you guys get to know what's going through my mind, what I'm thinking and or feeling during the actual game uh, itself. Um, I like to, to to go back and reflect, maybe you know, get a second chance to see if I can get my hands on some highlights or or whatever. But um, you know, some of the notes that I came up with, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier it was a very pro Bears crowd at Tottenham Stadium. The place exploded in the third quarter. When when that fumble recovery happened on on the bad pitch from from Carter Jacobs, um, you know it, it's the the crowd really came to life. It was a very pro Bear crowd. There were more Bear fans there than Raider fans by a lot. Uh, speaking of which, the Queen in the North herself, Sansa Stark, aka Sophie Turner, was repping the Bears uh, yesterday. She was walking around wearing an Anthony Miller uh, jersey. Uh, yesterday I'm guessing that was more about the number than it was about the player but unfortunately we let our queen down see we are the kings of the north currently you know not the, we're the defending kings I should say we're not currently the kings of the north but we're the defending kings of the north and we let our queen down uh, yesterday so that was embarrassing and as I've mentioned before as we've been talking about Ad nauseum, and I'm sure Lauren and I will talk about it on uh, on Wednesday night when we get together. Uh, the offensive line continues to alternate weeks when it it's going to pass block. Uh, they're either the you know the the Great Wall of China or they're the swinging gate, you know. And and yesterday was a swinging gate situation. Uh, it is, however, uh, they've been remarkably consistent in its level of play in the running game which is to say they've sucked donkey balls all five weeks this year. They have been horrendously bad in the running game. And I have become, uh, I have adopted the 
theory that the problem with the offense, it's not Mitch Trubisky. It's not David Montgomery. It's not Mike Davis or Tariq Cohen or even Cordero Patterson. It's not Mac Nagy and his play calling. It's the offensive line, period. Uh, the offensive line is the steam that drives the engine, uh, and we can't do anything. We can't do anything because they won't allow us to. I mean, go back if you can. Find the highlights of the game. Look at the David Montgomery touchdown run. It is a one-yard touchdown run. We're at the goal line. At the snap of the football, both James Daniels and Kyle Long are thrust at least a yard, maybe two, into the backfield. Our center and our right guard get blown up at the point of attack. They get blown up at the line of scrimmage and shoved into the backfield. Thankfully, Montgomery was able to uh, get it over to the left and barely squeeze himself into the end zone for the first touchdown of the game. That is what it was looked that's what it looked like up front yesterday afternoon. Watching the Bears get smacked around up front on both sides uh, of the uh, of the ball. But offensive line, that's what they've looked like all year. Those guys are on roller skates half the time. Uh, in the running game, the defense is constantly playing on our side of the ball when it comes to the run game. I mean, talk about from one extreme to the other yesterday in the way that we run the ball and the way the Raiders ran the ball, where our running back is either getting met at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. Their running back was in the third level of our defense before he was getting touched on most of his carries yesterday. So, you know, there has to be some deep, deep soul searching uh, when it comes to the offensive line uh, during this bye week. And, you know, I think Kyle Long is done. I love Kyle Long, love, love, love Kyle Long, you know, through those lean lean years the Tressman and Fox years this guy was my favorite player you know and and he was probably the most popular guy on the team uh, you know before guys like Tariq Cohen and Khalil Mack and all those guys uh, started coming around it's funny when a guard is the face of your franchise and Kyle Long very much was for the first three four years uh, of his career but um those days are gone man he is um I hate to say it. It pains me to say it, actually, because I love this guy. But he's he's not getting it done. And as not only is he not getting it done, he has been the weak link on the offense. He's making everyone else around him worse. And it's time to make a change, whether it's, uh, you know, if Ted Larson is healthy to play week seven or maybe we go to Rashad Coward. Maybe that's where that guy was meant to play all along. He's meant to be a guard. I mean, and I and I like the idea of, of Rashad Coward being the guard because he's like a um, uh, Mark Bortz uh, in the same vein where Mark Bortz was actually drafted by the Bears to be a defensive tackle, and we put him on the offensive line, and he's one of the best offensive linemen in the history of our franchise, which says a lot considering this is our 100th season in the whole nine yards. It's, it's a big deal. He was part of the best offensive line in the NFL for five years running, the number one rushing attack, blocking for the greatest running back of all time. Mark Bortz had a big hand uh, in that, started his career as a defensive tackle, and defensive tackles have that inherent mean streak in them, and you saw that from Rashad Coward when he had to play against Minnesota. You know, he had, a, he had some hand, pancake blocks in there. The guy, was, the guy was making him pay, and we were pass blocking like a son of a bitch against the, against the Vikings, so... 
Maybe that's a change we can look into. Maybe we look into elevating Alex Bars from the uh, practice squad, putting him on the main roster. Maybe we need to make some cuts. Maybe Kyle Long doesn't get to finish out the season and he gets his pink slip during the bye week. It's an extreme idea, but I think that's one that needs to be looked at. I really do. I think Kyle Long is done. I don't think that he's in the Bears' future plans and that maybe that future needs to start now. You know, you got the rest of the season, Kyle, to go find someone else to uh, to play for. Maybe you can be a backup somewhere or maybe just a change of scenery is what you need. But Chicago is just not the place for him anymore. I really don't think so. Um, but it uh, the other thing is, the one thing that I will say about uh, Nagy's play calling is that it, it doesn't help our running game that we're predictable in the running game because we're either trying to get to the outside with those jet sweeps or whatever, or we're trying to pound it up the middle. We're not doing anything like what the Raiders were doing yesterday is where they basically are, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're going to the right, to the, to either to the right side or to the left side, but they're going wide and they're allowing their blockers to get to their defenders and then allow the running back to use his moves and his vision to be able to pick the running lane that he wants to go into. And it worked like magic for the Raiders yesterday. We don't see the Bears trying to do anything like that in the uh, in the run game because those runs were basically set up to be in the middle of the field because you saw the Bears set the edge. Josh Jacobs was not getting to the outside on us yesterday, but it didn't matter because when he cut it back up and he cut it to the inside, we were either f- still flowing so hard that we flowed right across his face and away from him, and he was getting into the second and third levels before anybody was even touching him. And, you know, I think that's something that would work very well for David Montgomery. You know, he's got good vision, he's got great balance, and he's got amazing feet. He can make those moves uh, and and have a Josh Jacobs-type day if we could get him into space. But instead, we're trying to run him, we're trying to do the old Gale Sayers thing with the whole... 18 inches of daylight is all I need. Well, that's not working for us right now. We need to find a way to get Josh, uh, get uh, David Montgomery into some open space where he can make some guys miss, make some guys, uh, you know, make break a tackle or two and get him out into the into the open space and uh, into the second and third levels where he's going to win more than he's going to lose in those situations. So. Like I said, it it's it could be very much just as much a, a ch, uh, you know a change for personnel, but I also think looking at how we're setting up these running plays needs to be looked at uh, as well. But I think that the offense hinges on the success of the offensive line because look at it last year. Granted, we weren't lighting up the scoreboard you know much more than we were this year, but we were more consistent on offense last year. Where we're like thirty or thirty-one in the run game right now. We were eleven in the running game last year, so I mean that's a stark difference from where we were last year to where we are now. And it's the offensive line that's that's doing it. So that's something that uh, that needs to be looked at. And also penalties, uh, something that we didn't really deal with last year penalties and I know that it's more of an emphasis with the NFL and the holding penalties uh this year the the offensive lines are are getting called for that more often uh this season but um you know Charles Leno got busted at least three times yesterday uh and um you know just when I started to to come around on Charles Leno because I haven't been a fan of the guy 
pretty much ever in his career. He had a very solid season last year. So I'm like, okay, maybe I need to get off of Charles Leno's back. Then he comes out in 2019 and basically plays like the guy I thought he was all along. So, yeah, thanks for that, Charles. So, you know, everybody needs to step it up. Um, but I think Kyle Long needs to be – I think Kyle Long, Kyle Long needs to be done. And maybe we also need to explore the idea of switching back, uh, put James Daniels back at guard, put Cody Whitehair back at center, and see if that helps. Matt Nagy shot that down in his press conference today. That doesn't mean he won't change his mind over the next two weeks if we go back and look at it. So we'll see uh, with that. But, um, you know, those are the little news and notes, or, or the little notes, I should say, from the game that I put together. Let's move on over to Bear Up and Bear Down, which I'm sure you guys know is not going to go well. I mean, my Bear Ups were, I only had three Bear Ups. Number one, Bear Up to Allen Robinson, an amazing day. Seven catches on eight targets, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, so not only did he have a good day, but for all you fantasy players out there, he had a good day for you uh, as well. Uh, bear up Eddie Pinero. Uh, apparently that leg injury is still bothering him. To one point he needed help getting off the field for the second extra point, but was able to come out and bang the third one through. The guy's still getting it done there. And then my last bear up is also my first bear down. Bear up to Anthony Miller. It was nice to see him get into the mix. Made an amazing catch on one of the touchdown drives uh, yesterday. Looked like the Anthony Miller that we all fell in love with last year. Bear down to Anthony Miller as well. The taunting penalty after the second Allen Robinson touchdown ended up costing us huge because Pat O'Donnell is not a kicker, but he can kick off and the one where he had the stupid taunting penalty pushed the Bears so far back that it was a kick that that allowed a return for the Raiders, and the guy ends up breaking a big run that put them in Chicago territory when we finally stopped them. Now, it ended up being that drive where Sheriff McManus made the hero peanut punch at the end of it, but... They're starting from their own 25-yard line instead of starting the drive at R35 or something uh, like that. So we, we can't have those kinds of things happen. You know, the penalty kick made that kick, made that returnable and, and really swung the momentum of the game because the Raiders found life on offense thanks to that drive. So, um, but... Uh, bear down to our offensive line. They were horrendous. Uh, yesterday more specifically and like the play that I mentioned before Kyle Long James Daniels absolutely pathetic getting blown up at the goal line like that just shoved into the backfield and that happened all day yesterday Charles Leno for his penalties and and things like that it's been like an epidemic with him uh, so far uh, this year now he might be a victim of the NFL cracking down on holding penalties um, but at the same time you know, he's still getting busted. So, you know, uh, you're not hearing about Bobby Massey getting nailed for holding penalties. So, yeah. Anyway, and then um, an honorable mention, got to put the defense on the list. You know, Chuck Pagano didn't really seem to adjust all that well in the second half. The defense as a unit was uh, not going 
I'm not going full-fledged on a bear down for them so they don't officially make the list, but because every unit has a bad day. Uh, we can't expect them to be the in un, unpenetrable, you know, brick wall that they had been every single week they're going to have an off day and that's what kind of makes it fall more on the offense than the defense yesterday but uh they did look bad the bad tackling the you know the broken tackles the missed tackles it was just a bad day and like i said they did not adjust well uh they had one good defensive quarter and that was the third quarter and then the fourth quarter when we really needed them they gave up a 97 yard drive for the game-winning touchdown so yeah, not a good day. And then finally, the last bear down goes to me. <laughs> I gave myself a bear down, not for wanting to bail after the second quarter, but for being a hypocrite. You know, you heard me guys talking about it earlier at the start of the show. I spent a lot of time on Twitter and Facebook and the various Chicago Bear groups reading people's thoughts and ideas, and it makes me bananas every single week, win or lose there's always a handful of the sky is falling, you know, tweets or or Facebook posts. Trade this person, cut that one. Pace is an idiot. Nagy's a one-year wonder. Trubisky's a bum. Somebody start Tyler Bray. Get Jordan Howard back and on and on and on. And I became one of those idiots after the second quarter yesterday. I was like, we're, we're going to lose. We're done. This team is garbage, you know, the, the whole thing. I mean, I didn't go on the extremes about – cutting this person trading that one you know or anything like that it was just this is not our day this sucks i don't want to watch this anymore i'm out and uh like i said if not for the podcast i totally would have bailed on the game yesterday i would have gone to a movie or i was hungry i would have gone out for lunch something but instead you know i stuck it out because i do this show and um it ended up uh, being an entertaining second half where we made it into a uh, ball game but I'm disappointed in myself for being one of those people and and not so much for being pissed off and wanting to stop watching the game which I did not but just putting it out there putting out those those thoughts and everything and looking like the schmuck that I dislike as much as I do so that's why I gave myself the bear down so first time in the 13 year history of the show I give myself a bear down but there it is so anyway, guys, <laughs> that will do it for the week five review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Thursday. It's going to be Thursday this week. Myself and Lauren Cox will recap and review the first five weeks in our annual bi-week review show. And uh, so that should be a lot of fun. I'm sure he and I will have plenty of theories and ideas on how to fix or mend or repair uh, our beloved and, uh, you know, we're still a three and two team, guys. So, I mean, we're in good shape. We're in the exact same spot we were a year ago at this time. The defense is still amazing, but had one bad day. And, uh, you know, it's not likely to have another day like this, even though we've got the Saints coming down, uh, coming to town. But um, I don't know. I've We're still going to be fine. I still think, you know, like a 12 and four. 11 and 5 record is absolutely possible. A division title is absolutely possible because we still got matchups with the Lions, Vikings, and Packers, uh, you know, ahead uh, and everything. We're going to be fine. We just got to get it figured out so that we start playing like a team that looks like it deserves to be where we think this team should go. So, anyway, come back on Thursday. Myself and Lauren Cox will try to hash it all out, see if we can get a few of you to come off the ledge and uh, come back on the bandwagon for the rest of 2019. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.